Matthew chapter number one. There are a few of you that are in the, uh, the new grandparent stage of life. My wife and I are as well. And so I was given liberty to make this announcement. Our family is getting ready to grow again. And so uh, you pray for Hannah and Timothy as they are expecting. And so anyway, we're hoping for, hoping for good things. That'll be number eight for us. And so eight grandbabies. I want you to look at Matthew chapter one in your Bibles, if you will, please. I know that we've been, uh, we've been in Matthew chapter one several times throughout the Christmas holiday. God uh, drew us back to this chapter a number of times, and I preached several messages from it. And I'm going to be honest with you, church, we missed something. And we missed something significant. And I want to share it with you today. In fact, I'm very excited about sharing it with you. Matthew chapter one in your Bibles, and when you find your place, if you're able to stand, let's stand out of respect for the reading of God's word. I'm going to read some scripture that here again might seem a little odd to us. Um, it's what we call the genealogy, but uh, I want to draw your attention to it and, and uh, we'll preach for a few moments and I hope it'll, be a, hope it'll be a blessing to you. Matthew chapter one, verse one, the Bible says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Pharaoh and Zerah of Tamar, and Pharaoh begat Ezram, and Ezram begat Aram, and Aram begat Abinadab. Abinadab begat Naasson, and Naasson begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon, of her that had been the wife of Urias, and Solomon begat Reboam, and Reboam begat Josaphat. Uh, I'm sorry, Reboam begat Abiah, and Abiah begat Asa. Asa begat Josaphat, and Josaphat begat Joram. And Joram begat Ozias, and Ozias begat Jotham, and Jotham begat Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekias. And Ezekias begat Manassas, and Manassas begat Ammon. And Ammon begat Josias. And Josias begat Jeconias and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Salaphiel, and Salaphiel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat Abiad, and Abiad begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat Azor, and Azor begat Sadak, and Sadak begat Achim, and Achim begat Eliad, and Eliad begat Eleazar, and Eleazar begat Mathan, and Mathan begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. And then we come to the more famous verse, verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. So, Interesting, boy, interesting scripture there. Our text verse, and we read all of that on purpose because it's gonna all add some context to what I'm gonna be preaching in just a moment, but I want you to look at verse number one. The Bible says the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but you just read one of the most amazing statements in your Bible when you read that one. I want to talk to you about that statement today, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. So you may be seated this morning. 
And uh, let's go to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us. And we'll preach just for a few moments. Let's pray. Father, it's been a wonderful service. Thank you for blessing. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the great music, the great singing. Thank you, Lord, even for the announcements. Lord, it shows that things are happening. Things are going on. Lord, the church is moving forward. We thank you for that. Now, Lord, as we close this service with a few moments of preaching and teaching, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would knit our hearts together, draw our hearts together, and I pray that we would learn something that's gonna stay with us and go with us and help us to be better Christians for the cause of our Savior. Holy Spirit, please help us now. We desperately need you. Please, please help us. We love you. We pray that Jesus will receive glory from it all. In his precious and wonderful name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Look at Matthew 1, verse 1 again. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to mark your Bible up, I want to encourage you to highlight that or underline that. I've got it emboldened. I've got it highlighted in blue. I like to highlight scripture in blue, and I've, I've got that highlighted in blue there. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ. That phrase that we just read in Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 1 is a very, very unusual phrase. Uh, not only unusual, but very amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing phrase. Now, you say, Pastor, why? What, what is so amazing about the book of the generation of Jesus Christ? Well, let me tell you why it's amazing. Let me tell you why that statement is so significant. Old Testament genealogies are consistent about one thing. They are named after the earliest ancestor in the lineage. The, uh, the Hebrew people considered that person the oldest ancestor. They considered that person to be the absolute most significant person within the family since, and it makes sense, since everyone was derived from that ancestor. So because of that, they would always name the genealogy after that very important, significant, oldest ancestor. In fact, if you go back and study this out, and it is an interesting study, there were times in certain genealogies throughout the word of God that very important people were mentioned in that genealogy, and yet the genealogy is always named after the earliest ancestor. Now, you say, Pastor, I'm not following you. You will follow me in just a minute, so hang in there with me. Because when you do follow me, business picks up. I want to show you what I'm talking about today. I want, I want to give you an example or two of what I'm talking about. So hold your place there in Genesis, I'm, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 1. And I want, to, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 5. And I want to try to illustrate what I just talked about in, in the first part of the message there. That Old Testament genealogies are consistently named after the oldest ancestor. Um, and so Genesis chapter five, and look at, if you will, at verse number one. And this is, of course, the, the genealogy of Adam. And so Genesis five, verse one, the Bible says, this is the book of the generations of who? Of Adam. This is the book of the generations of Adam. Now watch closely. In the day that God created man and the likeness of God made he him, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. In other words, these people were named after Adam. 
Verse 3, and Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters all the days and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. And Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. Now again, I'm gonna stop right there, but uh, I, I, I wanna make a point. Uh, we find here several significant people that are named in this genealogy here in the book of Genesis. But I want you to understand that Adam, the genealogy is named after Adam because Adam is considered the most important person in this genealogy. He's considered the most important person in this family. He's the ancestor. He's where it all came from. And so uh, it's named after Adam, all right? Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter number 26 in your Bibles. Numbers chapter 26. Not only do we notice the genealogy of Adam, but I want you to notice the genealogy of a guy by the name of Levi. Genesis, I'm sorry, Numbers. Numbers 26, Numbers 26, and, and find your place to verse number 58. Numbers 26 and verse number 58. The Bible says there, these are the families of the Levites, the family of the Libnites, the family of the Hebronites, the family of the Milites, the family of the Mushites, the family of the Korathites, and Kohath begat Amram. Now watch closely. And the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed. Now you might or might not remember, or remember that name or that name might stand out to you. And if it doesn't, it probably should because Jochebed was a very important Bible character in the Bible. And the Bible says the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, who, whom, her brother, uh, whom her mother bare to Levi in Egypt, and she bare unto Amram Aaron. Well, if you didn't notice uh, Jochebed, you noticed that name, Aaron, and what's the next name? Moses and Miriam, their sister. And Aaron was born, uh, and unto Aaron was born Nadab, and Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. And so again, I'm trying to really make a little foundation. Please stay with me here. One of the things we notice in this genealogy is that there are some very important people mentioned in this genealogy. Uh, men like Moses, who some believe was probably the greatest leader that's ever led. Men like Aaron, who was the brother to Moses, or Miriam, the sister of Moses, uh, Jochebed, Moses' mother, and some very significant people are mentioned in this genealogy, and yet, and yet, the genealogy is named after Levi. Why? Because Levi is the earliest ancestor, and he is considered the most important. Wait a minute now. I want you to turn back over with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter number one. And, uh, and we find something very different here in Matthew's gospel. When we come to Matthew's recording of the genealogy of Joseph, we notice here that Matthew does not name the genealogy after Joseph. <laughs> By the way, one of the reasons we read all those things, somebody says, preacher, why are we reading all that? What good is all that? Oh, there's a lot more good than that you know. One of the things that we find in the genealogy of Joseph is that there are some very, when I say very, there are some very significant people that are mentioned in the genealogy of, jo uh, genealogy of Joseph. How about this? Abraham is mentioned. 
Well, Abraham was known as the friend of God. He's the father of the Hebrew people. Uh, God said, I'm gonna bless Abraham and I'm gonna bless the world through Abraham. And so Abraham is, is an amazingly important Bible character. We find in the genealogy that Boaz uh, is mentioned. That men like David, David, Still to this day, if you go to the country of Israel, you'll find the, you'll see the star of David that's still being uh, flown on their flags today. David, how about Solomon? I'm again, I mean, there are are significant personalities after personalities that are mentioned in the book, in the genealogy of Joseph. And yet, and yet, we notice here that he does not name the genealogy after the first descendant, but rather after the last descendant. The book of the generation, not of Abraham, not of, not of Boaz, not of David, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. Now somebody says, preacher, big deal. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real big deal. You see, Matthew, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is making a very clear statement through this. And this is the statement that Jesus Christ is more important than anyone who preceded him. He is the most significant. Is Abraham important? Of course he is, but not more important than the Lord Jesus Christ. Is David significant? Yes, he's significant. And he's very significant to Israel, but he's not more significant than the Lord Jesus Christ. Is Boaz important? Yes, he's an important Bible character and so is Solomon. And so is all of these characters that are mentioned. But this is what Matthew is saying. The most important Bible character in the genealogy is without a doubt, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is more important than those who came before him and he is more important than those who will come after him because church, and I just thought about this this morning, in reality, in reality, no one came before him and no one will come after him. My Bible says in Revelation 1 verse 11, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And so again, I want you to understand Matthew is careful here to mention Jesus first. Why? Because Jesus is considered the greatest. You know what Matthew's saying here? He's saying that Christ deserves the priority. Not Abraham, not even David, not Solomon, not any of these Bible characters that are mentioned. Jesus Christ deserves the priority. Oh, this is good, church. When you get it, this is good. You know what Matthew is saying here? That Jesus Christ deserves the focus that Jesus Christ deserves the attention, that Jesus Christ deserves the spotlight, that Jesus Christ deserves the praise, that Jesus Christ deserves the glory and the honor. All these other men were good men. Yes, yes, they're good men. But Matthew says, it is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. He is the most important. He is the most significant. He is the one I want you to focus on. He's the one I want you to praise. He's the one I want you to worship. He is the one that ought to deserve the priority. And he is in the church. Jesus deserves the priority. In fact, listen to what the gospel of Matthew says in verse chapter 22, verse 37. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And let us listen to what Paul said 
in the book of Colossians chapter one, verse 16, for by him, Jesus, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Listen to this. All things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist. Wow, I never noticed that before. I never seen that before and I read that the other day and it jumped off the page. And I thought, whoa, you know what Matthew's saying here? That Jesus Christ deserves absolute, total preeminence in every single thing that you do in life. Now let's talk about that a little bit today. Let me give you real quickly this morning, let me give you a couple introductory points to this message this morning concerning Jesus deserving the priority. First of all, we, saw, we see here that Jesus deserves priority in the keeping of of a good name. Uh, you don't have to turn now, just read it for you. Proverbs 22, verse one. The Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse one says it like this. A good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Hey church, did you know that your testimony is one of the greatest things that you possess today? Doesn't matter how big your bank account is or how small your bank account is for that matter. It doesn't matter whether you drive a Cadillac or a jalopy. The most important thing in your life is your testimony. The most important thing in your life is, is, is how people see you, your testimony. You ought to guard it. You ought to guard it. You ought to watch it. You ought to keep it. Why? Listen to me now. This is the reason. Because you and I are a reflection of Jesus Christ. That's why, yes, that's why we have to watch how we talk. That's why we have to watch what we look at. That's why we have to watch where we go. That's why we have to watch who we hang around. Why? Because we are to be a mirror, a mirror of the Savior, your testimony. You say, preacher, don't matter. It's just me. And you know, no, it does matter because you, my friend, are a reflection of the Savior. Hey, listen, listen, let me give you some verses. How about Ephesians chapter two, verse 10? The Bible says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works. The songwriter put it like this. When the world looks at me, do they see Jesus? When the world looks at me, what do they see? Do they see love? Do they see joy? Do they see Christ in me? When the world looks at me, what do they see? And so he deserves priority in the keeping of a good name. How about this, just quickly by way of introduction. He deserves priority in the kindling of faith. The kindling of faith. Listen to Hebrews 11, verse six. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. That sounds pretty significant. That sounds like that ought to be a priority. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, faith, what is faith? Faith is putting your confidence in the Lord. Faith is depending on God. Faith, faith is fighting against the temptation of independence. Listen, church, this is just a fact. Sometimes we will do things on our own. Sometimes we feel like we can do things on our own. Sometimes we feel like we're gifted enough. We really don't need anybody's help. 
I mean, Lord, I'm, I'm a very accomplished singer. Uh, I hope you're pleased with it today. Uh, if I need you, I'll call you. And this is what the Bible's saying here, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. You see, this is what our Bible's teaching us. When you and I get dependent upon ourselves rather than God, God's not pleased. When we depend on anything else, when we depend, you say, preacher, we're doing fine. Our bank account is robust. Our bank account is busting at the seams. We don't need God. Oh, listen to me, church. Money's here today, gone tomorrow. Oh, yes, we need him. We need him. We need to depend upon him. We need to live by faith. I don't care how well your bank account's doing, how healthy you are, how healthy the kids are. I don't care if you, if, if you, if you moved into a brand new house and you say, preacher, our, our, our roof don't, don't leak and our motor doesn't knock and, and everybody's doing well and we're footloose and fancy free. I'm just telling us today that you need him. You need him. Old story, old, old story, familiar story. You've heard it. But when our kids were little, and this was back before, you know, the seatbelt thing was such a big, big issue. And uh, we'd be coming down Indian Hill Road, and I'd say to Hannah, I'd say, honey, you want to help Daddy drive? And she'd jump over the seat. She'd get up there on my lap. She'd put one hand here, one hand here. I'd take my big hands. I'd put one hand over her hand, another hand over her hand, and we'd drive down Indian Hill Road. And she'd always, without fail, look over her mom. And she'd say, mommy, look at me, I'm driving. I'm helping daddy drive. You know, several days would pass, we'd be coming to church. I'd say, hey, honey, you want to help daddy drive? Boy, she'd jump up in the front seat and get on my lap. One hand here, one little hand there. I'd cut my big, giant hands over her hands. She'd look over to mom. She'd say, mommy, look at me, I'm driving. I'm I'm helping daddy drive. And everything was fine for the longest time. And then one day I said to her, Hannah, honey, you want to help daddy drive? She jumped up in the front seat, got on my lap. She put one little hand here, one little hand there. And about the time I got ready to cut my big hands over on hers, she looked back at me and she said, daddy, I want to do it by myself. And so I let her. And we're coming down Indian Hill Road. And all of a sudden, the van begins to run off, run off the road. It begins to shake, and we begin to, dust begins to fly up, and rocks begin to fly up. She said, Daddy, 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 him. Why tell that story, preacher? Because that's where we are in America right now. America so blessed, so rich, so wealthy. We feel like we've got all the, the T's crossed and the, dot, the, the I's dotted and we feel like, hey, we're so educated and, and man, we've got so much science and so much intellect and so much knowledge. Oh, I feel some preach coming on this morning. And I mean, we feel like, man, hey God, we're doing okay. You just stay back there and every once in a while we'll mention your name and if we need you, we'll call you. But I'm telling you, church, if we're gonna please the Lord, we've gotta live by faith. And that's depending on him. And so priority, so priority. He deserves priority in the keeping of a good name. He deserves priority in the kindling of faith. But this is where, this is where I wanted to get today. He deserves priority in the kingdom of God. Now, you have your Bibles this morning. I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. You're already in Matthew, aren't you? And I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. And I want you to find your place in verse number 33. 
Matthew chapter six and verse number 33, he deserves priority in the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, verse 33. Oh my, look what our Bible says. But seek ye, what's the next word? But seek ye first, oh man. But seek ye first. Well, pastor, I'm gonna add him in there somewhere. That is not what your Bible says. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, wait a minute now. What's meant by the kingdom of God? What's that, what's that talking about? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, there's, a, there's gonna be a literal kingdom of God. In other words, there's a place that you and I are gonna go and we're gonna spend eternity in the kingdom of God. But there is very much a spiritual kingdom of God not only is there a place we're gonna go, but there is a person that we're supposed to be living for. So we can apply this in a couple of different ways. Number one, eternally. We're to, we're to give priority to the kingdom of God. All right, listen to this verse. John chapter three, verse five. Jesus answered and said, Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot Enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Now, the Bible's teaching us a very important truth there. If a person gives this present life priority, but fails to give the future kingdom of God priority, you've missed it. You've missed it. You say, Pastor, you don't even know how much money I'm making. Listen, you may be making money hand over foot, but I'm telling you, if you miss the kingdom of God, you missed it. You say, Pastor, I got bank accounts in several different banks. I'm telling you, you may have a bank account, you may have health, you may have everything, but if you miss the kingdom of God, you missed it. People are watching online today. I want to, I, I, I just, again, I cannot emphasize this enough. In fact, listen to what our Lord said in Mark 8, verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Now, pastor, what are you preaching? This is what I'm preaching. It is time for a priority change. It is time for a priority change. If you're here this morning and you are not saved, today, on January the 29th, 2023, it is time you swallow your pride and come to the Savior. Because you may hold on to that pride and you may hold on to that money and you may hold on to that success. You may hold on to those friends. You may hold on to that old lifestyle. But I'm telling you, if you miss the kingdom of God, if you fail to give the kingdom of God priority, you've missed it. And so we can apply it eternally. But I'll tell you something else. We can apply it spiritually. What do you mean, preacher? If you're not serving, if you're not living for the kingdom of God, it's time to change your priorities. Did you know that living, <laughs> I don't claim this is good preaching, but I think this is a good word. Did you know that living for the Lord ought to have the highest priority in your life? I'm gonna say that again. 
Living for Christ ought to have the highest priority in your life. You say, Pastor, but. No, there's no buts. But preacher, what about this? There's no preacher, what about this? Nothing else comes into play. Not your job, not your family. Not your wants, not your desires, not your likes, not your dislikes. Not what I want, not what you want. The highest priority in life ought to be living for Jesus Christ. And by the way, while I'm on that, let me say this. It's exactly why Calvary Baptist Church takes their Christianity very seriously. Well, y'all don't act like any church we've ever been to. We never set out to act like any church you've ever been to. Well, preacher, I just want you to know, you don't do things like church down the road. Never planned on doing things like the church down the road. And for that matter, we don't plan on doing things like the church down the road. We're not concerned about what other churches do. This is not just something we do on Sunday. This is, uh, hey, we don't come to church to get out of church. We, we have revivals and special meetings because of what I'm preaching this morning. It's why our people, and I'm so proud of our folks, it's why our people keep going in spite of hardship. Hey, it's why, it's why you might come to this property any time of the day or, uh, day or the week and you might find people here uh, working, cleaning, decorating, praying, ministering, discipleship. Uh, just, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there are people here. You say, what's that about? I tell you what it's about. Jesus Christ ought to receive the priority. He is what it's all about. Yes. Tell you something else. It's why we don't fuss over trivial things at Calvary. Right. And won't. It's why we're not going to get up here and have a 15-minute discussion on the type of toilet tissue we use in the bathrooms. Right. You say, Pastor, when are you going to bring that up in a business meeting? We're not. We are not. You say, I don't like that. Too bad. We're not, gonna, we're not gonna come in this church and argue about the shade of the carpet. Well, I wanted something a little bit more lavender. Well, I wanted something a little bit more purple. We're not gonna get in here and argue about the, the fabric on the chairs or the color of the carpet. And church, I'm telling you, it is a shame. It's a shame in the sight of God what's going on in the churches today. Listen, I read of a church this week that just got all bent out of shape because the pastor got up and led the church in happy birthday. You say, I don't think you ought to sing happy birthday. Well, just keep that to yourself then. We're not bringing it up for discussion. We're not voting on it. You say, I'm never coming back. Well, you might as well learn where we are while you're here. And somebody says, well, you know what, preacher, what about the you know, what about the file cabinet that the church bought? It was only a three drawer, not a four drawer. And I want to say, who cares? Who cares? Those things aren't priority. Man, the kind of coffee we put in the bookstore is not a priority. The, the shade of the carpet's not a priority. Whether we put yellow flowers or gold flowers or lavender flowers, it's not a priority. I'm telling you, it's time we get back to the place and realize he's the priority. Jesus is the priority. Man, alive. Churches ought to come back to God. It's time the churches saw revival. It's time the churches quit arguing over stupid, stupid, little, petty, childish things and get back to preaching the word of God again. Yes, sir. 
Is Jesus being preached? That's what's important. Is Jesus being praised? That's what's important. Are we winning people to Christ? That's what's important. Is Christ receiving the priority? That's what's important. Listen to what Jesus said. Again, in the gospel of Matthew. Matthew 6, verse 19. Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Listen to what Paul said in Colossians chapter three, verse one. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Church, we got more important things to do than vote on toilet paper. Everybody with me this morning? There's a reason that the Bible says the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. He's the priority. Well, what about Abraham? Yeah, what about Abraham? By the way, the Pharisees often use that one. And Jesus said, I knew him. I know him. Jesus Christ is priority. Well, I couldn't hardly help preach this message without thinking of a few folks. Some of you recognize this picture on the screen. For those who don't, this man's name is David Livingston. David Livingston was a missionary to Africa, and at the time, in that that day and time, back in the 1800s, the country of Africa was known as the Dark Continent. It was also known as the White Man's Graveyard. And uh, I love it, man. Read, read, read the story on David Livingston. This is what they said. David Livingston's object was to open what he called a missionary road. He called it God's Highway. He also, uh, he, he, he said he, he wanted to, to do 1,500 miles north into the interior to bring Christianity and civilization to unreached people. Let me tell you a little bit about David Livingston, a missionary. When they finally found David Livingston's body, they said that his body had 22 different diseases within it. And yet David Livingston would not stop. His arm had been mauled by a lion, but he would not stop. I read the story about in 1862 as they were traveling in Africa. His wife died by the Zambezi River. And yet David Livingston would not stop. It's said that he walked 29,000 miles. And uh, again, read it for yourself, but interesting story. They said that for two solid years, he disappeared off the map. People, they didn't even know if he was alive or not. Uh, David Livingston wasn't doing this for his glory or his fame. He was doing it for Jesus' fame. And they finally found him. I love what David Livingston said. He said this, quote, send me anywhere, only go with me. Lay any burden on me, only sustain me. Sever me from any tie but the tie that binds me to your service and to your heart. 
when they finally came, when they finally came to claim David Livingston's body, they were going to take it back to Westminster Abbey there in England. The natives whom he had loved and reached with the gospel, the natives said, you can't take him. He belongs to Africa. You can't take him. And they said, we've come all this way. We have orders. We have to take his body back to England. And they said, you can't. His heart is here. He, you have to leave him here. And they said, we have to take him back. They said this, then at least give us his heart. And right there in what they called the dark continent, they did a surgery on David Livingston's corpse. They took his heart out of his body and they buried it in the soil of Africa. Man, you say, wow. What, what, would, what would motivate a guy to, to live like that? You know what it was? David Livingston understood what we're preaching today. Amen. That Jesus Christ is priority. Can I just share one more with you? Some of you recognize this uh, picture. And if you don't, this is a young man by the name of William Borden. Some of you drink Borden milk or you've... Uh, You've benefited from some of the Borden products that are still in the grocery stores today. And uh, William Borden grew up in a very wealthy family, the Borden Empire. He was a multimillionaire in his early 20s. In fact, they said that when William Borden uh, was graduating from high school, that his parents, to give him a, a graduation present, that they gave him a trip around the world for his graduation. And so sure enough, William Borden went on that on that trip around the world, but little did they know that while he was on that trip, God would burden his heart for missions. And William Borden came back and, and he said, Mom and Dad, he said, I'm, I'm not interested in the Borden empire. I'm not interested in being a millionaire. I'm interested in, in missions. And I want to win people to Jesus Christ. And people said, William, you're making a mistake. You're ruining your life. Don't you know who your mom and dad are? Don't you know what family you belong to? And they said that William Borden wrote in the flyleaf of his Bible these two words, no reserves, no reserves. Later, after graduating from Princeton University, big companies, because they knew who he was, big companies came aboard and they began to offer him high-paying salaries. Listen, come work for us, William. Come work for us and we'll pay you. We'll pay you very generously. And they said that William Borden wrote two more words in the flyleaf of his Bible. Underneath the words, no reserves, he wrote these words, no retreats, no retreats. Sure enough, William Borden had a desire to go to the country of China and win Muslim people to the Lord. He got on a boat and on his way to that country, he stopped, I believe it was in Egypt, I believe that's right. He stopped in Egypt to learn the language of the Chinese people and win those Muslims to Christ and while William Borden was there, he contracted meningitis and became very, very sick. In fact, at 25 years of age, he passed away. On his way to the mission field, he passed away. And somebody said, William, you missed it. William, what were you thinking? And they said that before William Borden took his last breath, Underneath the words, no reserves and no retreats, he wrote these two words, no regrets. No regrets. You know why? 
because Borden decided to make the kingdom of God priority. That we sing that song sometimes. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. Oh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Here's the question. Is he priority in your life? Is he your priority? Are you living for the kingdom? Are you living for the kingdom of God? Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, thank you for this time we've had together this morning. Lord, wow, what a scripture. I don't know how I missed that for so many years. Lord, thank you for teaching me this truth. Jesus is better than Abraham. He's better than David. He's better than Boaz and Jesse. He's better than Solomon. God, he's more important than every other Bible character. He's more important than my job. Lord, he is more important than my income. He's more important, yes, he's more important than even my family. Father, I pray on this January the 29th, 2023, that Jesus Christ will become a priority in our lives. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. How about you, friend? Is Jesus priority? Is he the most important thing in your life? If that's not the case, if there's a shadow of a doubt, I'm gonna invite you in just a moment to make your way to an altar. And as we begin this brand new year, 2023, I'm gonna invite you to come today and say, Jesus, I want you to be the most important person, the most important priority in my life. I want you to be that. If you're here this morning and you're not, you're not born again, friend, you're missing it. You're missing it. Today, some folks ought to get rid of their pride and y'all to come and get saved today. So with heads bowed and eyes closed all over the house, how many are here this morning would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that I am saved. I know I've been born again without anybody looking right now. If that's you, say, Pastor, I know I'm born again. You'd slip your hand up right now. Preacher, I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you something though. Come on, I want you to be honest. How many are here today would say, Pastor, I couldn't raise my hand. And Pastor, I'm not sure of heaven. And I want you to pray for me. Preacher, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. I want to be sure. I want to go. But I'm not sure I would go to heaven. Preacher, would you pray for me right now? Would you pray for me? If that's you, you'd slip your hand up right now. Preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. I'm not sure of heaven. Pray for me. Pray for me. Is there somebody? Somebody else? I see that hand. I see a little hand over here. Somebody else? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. I see a hand right back there. 
Anybody else? Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody else? Come on, you have to raise eyes so I don't miss you, okay? All right. If you raised your hand today and you were serious, you were serious about it, let me tell you what y'all to do. In just a moment, you need to make your way down to this, this, this altar. We'll have somebody here with a Bible that'll be glad to speak with you if you'd like them to. And we wanna show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Nobody's looking, nobody's looking. Pastor, I want him to be priority. But I'm not sure he's the main one in my life. I want you to pray for me without anybody looking. You just slip your hand up very, very honestly. You slip your hand up. Preacher, pray for me. God bless you. God bless you. Who else? God bless you. Who else? God bless you and you. Who else? Preacher, I'm not sure. I want him to be priority, but I'm not sure he's the priority in my life. I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me. Right now, you slip your hand up. Can I pray for you this morning? Let's all stand around the house. Father, I pray you'd have your way in this invitation. Lord, thank you for showing me this truth. And Father, forgive me for those times when I have failed to give you the preeminence. Father, forgive me for those personal times in my life when I didn't make you the priority. God, I pray that in 2023 that this church will have one main thing that drives it forward, and that's the kingdom of God. Serving Jesus, loving the Lord, getting people to Christ. Father, have your way in this invitation. Save the lost, encourage the saved, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you raise your hand right now, I wanna encourage you to slip out. Would you come while we wait? Some folks have already come. Would you come while we wait? Just come on right now. That's right, folks are coming. How about you? God spoke to your heart. Would you come? Would you come? I know these aisles, they seem like they're about three miles long. Listen, if you'll take the first step, God will help you with the second step. Would you come? Would you come? We have some folks up front called personal workers. They have a Bible in their hand. And if you need prayer, personal prayer, they'll be glad to pray with you today. Would you come? Would you come? Hey, young person, is Jesus Christ priority in your life? Hey, married couple, married couple, I'm so glad you're here today. Is the Lord the priority in your marriage? Mom and dad, hey parents, is Jesus the priority in your home? Is he, is he? Is he the priority in your finances? Is he what you're living for? What life's all about? Hey, if God's speaking, you come on. Folks, continue to come. Would you come while we wait? Now, if you need to be saved, make sure you find one of these personal workers up here. We want to take the Bible and show you how. You can know that you're going to heaven when you die, okay? Please don't leave without doing that. So, Father, thank you for those that are in the altars. Lord, thank you that you're speaking to hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that folks will get help today. Lord, I pray that we'll leave this place, Lord, just determining that we're gonna make Jesus the priority in our life. I'm not saying we're gonna be a David Livingston. I'm not saying that we're gonna 
necessarily spend the rest of our life in Africa, but, but God help us, to, help us to make sure that we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Father, continue to work. I believe you're working in your hearts right now. Continue to work, please. And Lord, we thank you. Heads are bowed.